somebody on the recording on 86 Street too. I'm from this neighborhood most of the majority of my life. That's pretty cool. So. Yeah. Well, you're like right over here. Yeah. I was, I'm, I was uh, raised, born and raised in Gravesend. Right. So Avenue U. And then obviously going to 86th Street as a kid was a treat. Of course. All the stores and my mom used to go shopping and blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Times have changed. Times have changed a lot. Yeah. We're sipping coffee with our pinkies out. Exactly. <laughs> Cheers, <Yeah>. my man. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, coffee RX. I didn't even know that this place even existed when you said it's nice. nice. Yeah, it's a nice spot. Yeah, it's, man. It's uh, fairly new. I've been coming out here. Me and Mike Dijon, we, we, uh, when we uh, have early sessions, writing sessions for King's Bounty. Yeah. We'll come here. We'll have the avocado. <laughs> you know, we do it hipster style. Have the avocado toast. No, yo, I don't, I, I don't hate on avocado <laughs> toast, bro. I didn't even know they had it. You yeah. ordered it. And I'm like, oh, you know, it's, it's pretty really, good. It's really good here. No, it's really good here. I'm not, I'm not mad at avocado toast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so um, but yeah. Yeah. So uh, episode seventy of the Brooklyn Blast. Yeah, that's seventy. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 When when you and Mike Dijon were on, I looked back. I think you guys were episode forty two. Wow. Jeez, that many episodes went by. Huh? And it's not even that long ago. No. I try to be consistent, bro. That's good. You know. That's very good. Mm-hmm. Listen. You know the deal. Yeah. If you want to be. I'm not trying to be quote unquote successful. I just, no, but you gotta keep it. Moving. I enjoy it yeah. because of everybody's the what, what am I looking for? Like the, the people's attention spans nowadays. You have a small window. Yeah. You have a small window to do stuff. News feeds roll over so fast. Exactly. So, so it's like once this comes out, like this. I mean, this will be out fifteenth or something like that. Okay. But yeah, it's a week from this Monday. It'll come out. That won't come out Monday, and then following Monday, this will come out. But Perfect. it's like, you know, I have like a two or three day window to promote it hard, and then yeah, it'll still be promoted and but it'll then still get it. listens, but it'll die down like yeah. everything else. Yeah, everything else. You know the deal. Yeah. You know, being a musician and all I that. I mean, that's why this year I did something totally out of character, where I, I released three albums, which is ridiculous. Yeah. I know. I, I'm even looking at it like, you know, you kind of look at it like, was that the right thing to do? But it is what it is. I've never done it before. I'm, usually, I'm really slow at, at putting out uh, music. So, yeah. Or at least a, a one brand of music. I put out a lot of music, but it's never within the context of just Q Unique. Right. It's like, oh, thanks, man. Look at that. Avocado toast. Yep. Nice. So it's, uh, it's like, like, I do Stillwell, did Feel These Album, and I do Q, and we did the Arsonist re-release. Yeah. So I... There's a lot of music all the time, but it's it's never one specific thing. Right, so. and it's like uh, you you not recently, recently, but in the in the not so you know past, you you put out King's Bounty, yes, and then and then, and then you put out well, first you put out was it Black Coffee came out first, and then King's Bounty, yeah, Black Coffee, I think so, yeah, Black Coffee, King's Bounty, and then you put out The Mechanic. No. Yeah. Why am I, I, no, I, I missing something? The Austin's re-release. Yeah. And then the mechanic. And now you have this new thing with I and Mike, which yeah. is a, like a mashup of... I think it's a mashup of Stillwell. Before people say I and Mike, I think it's more Stillwell. Uh, well, the only reason why I'm saying I and Mike is because his name is on the cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, he's he's the, the guitar player right. for, the, uh, for that album. That's, right. who, that's who he is. His name is Kieran. He's from London. He okay. was actually an original member of King's Bounty. Really? Yeah. And uh, 
obviously with him living in London, it's a little geography gets in the way. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work. It can't. It can't be smooth, especially the way we were moving with, with shows and rehearsal and all of that. So he, he and I just like looked at it like let's take what you did with King's Bounty and let's make that happen. So yeah. obviously, judging by what you're hearing. King's Bounty was going to have a different sound. Well, it had a different sound when we started. Right. And then when Mike came in and he left, oh, it's a totally different. Of course, yeah. of course. Mike, Mike has his own, yeah, own you know, sound, his own, own sound. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No matter what it is, if you hear, you hear something. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's Mike Dijon. Yeah. Like you, you hear that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, this album is a. Uh, it's a rap rock album. I, I yeah. hate saying that because there's such a bad stigma attached to that word, but it right. is what it is. I, I mean, I love Rage Against the Machine. I, I think Linkin Park made an impact on when they, what they did. Right. Uh, Dead right now, the band Dead, I think they're great. You know, Hollywood Undead, they, they have like this mishmash of things going on. And, and obviously I'm going to say Lip Biscuit because I'm, I'm a friend with Fred Durst. He's, right. he's a nice man. He's, nice, he's a cool dude. Yeah. So... You know, the, the genre is chock full of a lot of big bands. Sure. And that's not the intention of, you know, some sort of strategy or scheme. It just, that's the way this album happened because Kieran, Kieran the guitar player, had this vision right. of covering two unique songs. So that's what happened. Okay. Because I was thinking, I was like, 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 like the beginnings of. Like when metal and hip hop or rap started coming together, like there was some groups that I thought did it perfectly, mm -hmm. and some I'm just not a fan of. Uh -huh. It's like what's crazy. I was thinking about this last night. It's like I'm a huge, huge Public Enemy fan, mm -hmm. huge, and I'm a big Anthrax fan, mm -hmm. Joey Belladonna era, strictly. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to hear Scott Ian rapping, rapping Chuck the D's noise. verses, bro. It killed the whole song for me. Like, it's like... It was a cool song, though. It was a cool song because it was new. Yeah. But it's like, bro, you listen to it now, and you hear Scott Ian yeah. doing Chuck D's verses. It gives you douche yeah. chills, yeah, it's, bro. it's pretty funny. It's ridiculous. It's pretty funny. <laughs> it is. But the... um. But the track that you sent me, what's the name of the track that you sent crack me? Error. Oh, the Crack Error. Hello. Um, it's dope. It's it's dope. It kind of reminded me, like I'm not comparing them, but it, but for, for some reason the first thing that popped in my head was the remix that Nonfiction did with CIA trying to kill me. Yes. It's yeah, the first thing that popped I, I didn't in my even head. Think of that. I didn't even think of it's that. the first thing that popped in my head uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. It's how and why. I guess who the hell knows. They did that with uh, the big snap from the Deftones and. Uh, forgot who else but that that was done like really well like, yeah really well thought out the CIA is trying to come that's a good that's a good comparison that's a fair comparison I, know, that's, I don't know that, why that, I didn't that, think of it that's like, what yeah. popped in my head the first you, you, you sent it to me like here's a new track and I listened to it and what, like within the first five seconds it popped in my head it's funny why. because a lot of people that hear it are making comparisons to POD and I don't necessarily hear that POD those are my homies right I think they have a different approach but they're also another band that 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 does that genre really well. Obviously, it worked out for them tremendously. With Here Comes the Boom and right. Youth of a Nation. And, you know. Well, the what was it? The drummer of POD was in Stillwell. Yes, okay. was yeah. He's he, he's the drummer of Stillwell. Right. So yeah. You still doing anything with those guys? Still writing with Fieldy. Okay. I, I don't think that's ever going to change. He and I have a, a chemistry, and okay. and we've we've already in in the time that I've been running with Fieldy, we've put out three albums and an EP, so it's like... Yeah. And, you know, I that's, mean, a, that's a lot of material. It is. And we've shot, like, two or three music videos. We, You know, he put, he put Stillwell on an arena tour. It's like, which is ridiculous. Which is, I know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. It's like if people aren't smartened up, listen, watch the video for uh, Killing Myself to Live. Yes, that was crazy. Which is crazy. Thank you. And you're, I don't, I don't, obviously, I don't know what arena that was, but that, that was before we even toured. That was when I first started hanging out with him. And he said, I have this idea. And it's a ridiculous. Video. I, had, I had to do the rhyme in one take because 
It wasn't. You're all over the it place. It wasn't scripted. Bro, you're on from, you won't go yeah. from the stage to the middle of the crowd and there's these drunken idiots and they're yeah. trying, they have no idea what no. they're even doing. They're all on the camera. It's, it's it, crazy. It's funny, man. That was all Philly's idea. That was a good, that was a smart, very smart. So that video was made in, in basically the length it took to yes. make the song. I had to. I had no choice because they're bowing to the crowd That's right at the end of their set. Yeah. And it was funny because he, he, told them kind of like what he was doing, but they didn't know. Right. So here I am going back and forth. And, and With a like, camera following Yeah, you. and they're like waving to the crowd and confetti's coming down and, and it, was, it was genius. Yeah, it worked. It worked. It's yeah. a dope video. There's, it's no a way, there's no way you could do that in pieces. No. You know, so it was perfect. Yeah, it's good shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. So you just got off of uh, a little run with, with our boy. Yeah, Je- uh, Jedi Mind Trust. That, yeah. that was good in a sense that I haven't done a hip-hop run in, I'm going to have to say 10 years. Really? It's been that long, huh? I think I, Bill might have to correct me. The last time I did a full-on hip-hop run, I went out with Ill Bill, and that could be like 7 to 10 years ago. I Man. think it feels like that. Yeah. You know? Um yeah, I was I was at the the Bowery Ballroom show, and I'll be, I, bro, I'll be honest with you, I was I was in the crowd, and you bro, it looked like you were so happy, and like you were having a ball up there. Bro. Yeah, it was I, awesome. It's, been, it's like an old. Like going it's back awesome, to, bro. I was smiling. It was it was it was awesome. It's 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 crazy because people usually like, well, why did it take so long? And behind the scenes, it's just not easy to get on a hip hop tour. No, no. It's What's the difference not, then? Because I, I don't even know. Like, what would be the difference I, between like a hip hop tour and like a, like a metal or hardcore thing or whatever? I, I don't. I don't. You know. You know, eat your stuff, man. Don't no, worry no, about yeah, it. No, I'm, I'm. I'm trying to like think of the best way to say this. Because I don't even know. I don't. I don't have for Q Unique. I don't have things set up in a way that enabled me to do that behind the scenes. Okay. Whereas with King's Bounty, there's people there's people moving and making things happen right you know it's not just the band but right. with me it's me and he eclipse helps right but he's not a booking agent so right. he'll he'll go out and he'll see what, what what the possibilities are yeah but you know as crazy as my resume is doesn't matter really I think it's fucked up in a way. I I I gotta kind of like chalk it up to it is what it is. Yeah. I got you know when Vinny. First of all, what's interesting about me going out with Jedi Mind Tricks is that Vinny was the one to to encourage me to finish the mechanic. Nobody knows that. Okay. I'm letting you know now. Yeah, I didn't know that either. He he reached out to me and we started talking about the Black Coffee album. Right. And. Uh, Today's Vinny's birthday, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I, I wish them a happy birthday. Same here. Um, he, uh, he said he, he made his critiques. and On oh, Black Coffee. Yeah. Okay. And he, uh, out of nowhere, he sends me like 40 or 50 emails of beats. Really? And he was like, you need, you, you, you need beats. And, and I didn't ask him. He just did it, and uh, dude, he's one of the, he's one of my favorite people yeah. ever. Yeah. Like so, not even not even not forget like the music nonsense and all that stuff. Just as as a person, and he's, he's such a good, good dude. He's such a good dude. So he sends me like all of these beats, and I ended up meeting the producer Matt Bay from Russia, who he produced. Uh, I seen let the games begin, and uh, thank you for letting it. And those were the those are the three songs, in my opinion, even though they're not the most. The most popular song in the album is the one with me and Bill, but those songs are the ones that tie everything together for me right. because it, 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 it motivated me to say, okay, let me wrap this up. Let me, let me get it going. Right. And, and then when everything was done and, and it went out, and the first day or two, all the CDs sold out and like, like this. And, and yeah. When I saw that Jedi was going on tour, you know, made the calls and they gave me the spot. And it was like, kind of like poetic in a sense, where he, he helped me to, he helped motivate me, he helped to motivate, motivate me to get it done, and then he throws me as, as support for his tour, and it's, it worked out beautifully. Yeah. The only thing is, I don't know where to go from here. 
crazy enough as far as Q Unique is concerned. Right. You know, I, I, his manager was trying to put out some feelers to see if, 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 if I could get something in Europe, but I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's a crazy deal, man, because it's... It's weird because Destroy from the Arson is kind of like he gets frustrated too because he sees what I'm doing. He's he's one of the dudes from the Arsonist that's that's as of late has been really pushing for me. Right. And he gets frustrated because he, he kind of looks at it like, man, your resume is crazy. I it don't is. understand you what have, the, it's a ridiculous I don't understand resume. what the problem is. He's right. like, I don't get it. So it's either I go off and I do like these small little venues where there's like 10, 15 people in it, or I'm just patient enough to wait. Like, like an opportunity that I just had with Jedi Mantra. So that's where my head is at. I'm like, yeah. I'd rather just wait because no offense to the small spots, but it's like, I'm not that thirsty. Right. You know, so it's like, if anything, I'll shoot a couple of new videos for the mechanic, and then we'll see what happens. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, at this point in my career, I'm not going to beg people. No. I mean, it's I not, mean, it's not necessary. I mean, how long, I mean... When did you fucking even start dipping your toes into all this shit? Like, I mean, how again? old were you? Oh, original. <laughs> um, hey, I fucking fourteen. As far as doing shows, my first show was I was like seven, rapping, seven, writing seven, rhymes. I think I was well when I started. I was about fourteen. Yeah. And then my first show was for this thing that MC Life was like a a board member of. It was called the, the All Stars Talent Network. Okay. And they would do these boats, these cruises around New York City, and they, and and funny enough, that day it was me and um, Mikey D, who used to grind for Main Source after Large Professor. Okay. He was the headliner, so really? I was right before him. Yeah, oh was, no shit! So, like, the things that I've been a part of are so, so crazy that yeah. So like when Detroit says resume. There's a part of me that says, yeah, my resume is crazy. That should apply. It, it would apply to a job. Like, if I was doing a job interview yeah. and I had a good resume, I'd be like, here's my resume. Right. Doesn't doesn't apply here. It applies, like, to a metal band, too, though. It does. You but, know what I mean? hip-hop is numbers. I know. It's, it's just such a... It's, it's... I love it, but it's such a weird... It's so weird in that aspect. And, and the thing is, like, people... And the, the other question was... Who else could we team you up with? Who else? And I look, I look at everything. I'm like, all right. If I take, if I'm just listening to my music, right? You know, I think I could go out with J Cole. I think I could go out with Logic. Right. It's, it's similar. There's, right. there's similarities to it. I'm not. I'm not talking about skill level. I'm not talking about status. I'm not. There's a lot of people that I think that that are big enough to have me as an opener. You're talking just sonically. Just, yeah, just yeah. The, the, the same yeah. lane of, of music, yeah, you know? Sure. It's, it's, it's close enough. You know, uh, so, do I have some wild songs? Yeah, I do. But I also have those songs that are kind of heartfelt that mix and match with those guys. Yeah. So why do I aim for that? Because, I, you know, I've had people in my corner that have asked me, well, how big do you see yourself? And, I, you know, and, and sometimes I uh, sell myself short and they get frustrated. Right. You know, I'll, I'll be like, well, I'm over here. And they're like, no, you got to be aiming here. Right. So now I look at it like, well, that's part of your humility, bro, because you're like a humble dude. So, yeah, you get humble. And, and this, this industry has a way of humbling you really fast. Yeah. You, you think... Think you're Jay Z, and you look in the mirror, and you're not Jay Z. No, there's only one Jay Z. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But everybody wants that 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 feeling, of that, that superstar walk through the door feeling. And you know what's funny? When I started hanging with Crump, that's what humbled me the most. Really? Because I didn't. I knew who they were. Sure. But at the time when I met them, I was so entrenched in hip hop. I wasn't really paying attention. And I'm a grunge kid by by, by, by history. I was right. more of a Alice in Chains, Nirvana guy. Right. So I, didn't, I, like, I knew what they did, and I, I liked it, but I didn't, I wasn't... You weren't in, in, I wasn't, engrossed into right. it, right? You weren't so all in. When I finally got to go on the road with them, and I saw how big they were, first of all, that was overwhelming. Oh, I didn't know. Fucking, they, I didn't know. tremendous. And then... In the, in the eight to ten years that I traveled with them, I didn't perform. It was like I just hung out, I wrote songs, and 
So imagine you're you're me, right, and you're not able to perform. Right. You're not able to get on stage. You're not able to do anything. So what did you do? I just produced and wrote songs for for a long period of time. And what right. that did was it kind of like chilled me out. It made me patient. And in the process, I was learning what metal guys do. Well, I, I, they're not metal, but, but, but whatever what, they, yeah. what, what rock guys do. Right. It was like going to school. Yeah. So by the time I get to King's Bounty, skip over Stillwell, by the time I get to King's Bounty, I'm seasoned. I already know how the machine works. Yeah. From songwriting, because I've been, in, I've been in the studio with them. I've been on tour with them. I've been at video shoots with them. I've been done it all. Flying the wall. I've been in meetings where I'm just in the and talk to management and I'm listening to numbers and how things work so it was it was like the universe or whatever you believe in saying I'm going to show you how to do this because it's going to set you up for something and that's what happened I'll subscribe to that sure that's what happened because it was I wasn't going to learn that being too unique absolutely not no way no it's it's a different different animal different animal yeah so in between I did certain shows as QUD but not a run right the only runs that I it's crazy the only runs that I have is when Vengeance is Mine came out I did a crazy run for that that was your first solo yeah I was running all over I went all over the place with that and then Between Heaven and Hell came out I did absolutely nothing which was probably a bad mistake when you dropped it, you didn't do anything to support it? Nothing. Really? <laughs> it did well. The album did well because the video saved me. The, the green grass video right. saved, the, saved the day. Really? My biggest video. It's almost had a million views. Right. Uh, didn't expect it. Not not technically not your average Q Unique song. I right. never wrote like that. Right. I actually wrote that song to lighten up the mood. Yeah. It was like, let me put something lighthearted. Sure. <laughs> and then we did the video. And, and what's funny about that video. It's a crazy video. When me and Eclipse got it back, yeah. we were terrified. We were both looking at it like, I don't get it. You know, like, yeah. I don't know. Should we put this out? Like, you know, it's <laughs> kind of embarrassing. You know, it's like, awesome. there's a guy with a green mask on, yeah. me in London. Yeah. And we put it out, and it just shot over everything else I did. Yeah, it's crazy. And the, it's crazy because the video before it, Mr. Lopez, yeah. there's actors in there. There's, like, you know, there's locations. And, and we put, we, I spent the most money on that video. Really? Yeah, so it, it it didn't take. I think because it was just there's too much going on musically, so it's not it's not a commercial song. No, so not at all. It's like it's a song that you listen to and, and peep, but Green Grass is the one caught yeah. everybody's attention. It's crazy. It's and weird how that works, huh? Never would have expected that. Of course not. And then when Black Coffee came out, another album that I thought was 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 cool again, and even even worse, you might get you know you might get disappointed. But not only did I not perform for it, there's no videos for it. There are no videos for it. I know. Absolutely none. I know. And that's annoying to a lot of people. It's, it's a little annoying. <laughs> it's a little annoying. <laughs> so when I came to mechanic. <laughs> I saw the dude, first it started with, I, I started thinking visually again, so I saw the dude that does uh, uh, the animated album covers. Yes. Elise, I think his name is Elise. Or, uh, I think I hit that guy up. He's dope. Dude, he's dope. Because he did yours, and then I saw that, that Vinny used yeah. his Vinny, Vinny collector. I think Vinny beat me to the punch because what he did was he sent him this huge art file. I didn't I didn't know. Right. So I sent him the album cover the way he asked for it. And he did great. I think I think mine looks incredible. It, but, it but does. Vinny sent him like this massive I don't know, PDF, whatever crap. I I'm, I'm not an art guy, so yeah. I don't know. But, you, but yours for the mechanic, when he when he, when he he did that, bro, everything is turning, like the little mm-hmm. gears are turning, bro. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I've looked at it and just, and just all the little stuff that's going on. I yes. was like, yo, this guy is good he, stuff. He did a great, great job. Um, so that caught everybody's attention. Yeah. And then the song that I did with Bill, co-leader and Capital, is the one that just went right uh, for that album. So we're going to do a video for that. And I'm going to do a video this weekend for the song I seen. A lot of people like that song. Yeah, it's a good song. Because I go through a lot of... The, the song covers actual things that I've seen. I couldn't do it everything, but of course it, it just hits like certain key points that I thought were cool. Right. You know? So I'm doing that. 
and then a cult leader in Capital, and then we'll see what happens from there. I did I did put my name in a hat to try to get to Europe, and like I said, Jan, uh, the guy who uh, works with Vinny, yeah, he's trying to help. You know, everybody's trying to help. It's just, unfortunately, it's just not easy. Yeah. I think the only thing that'll get people to, to turn my way, and that's why I'm doing so much, is that for them to see some sort of movement, some yeah. sort of numbers. Let's see. I'm, 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 I'm working on making it better. That's why another reason why I put so many albums out this year was to show some sort of like, hey, man, like, I'm moving. Yeah, People absolutely. Watch, moving. Yeah. So we'll see. Oh, see how the universe has it. Right now, King's Bounty is still the front runner as far as what I'm doing career-wise because so much more is happening for that as far as behind the scenes. Right. We're in negotiation for the deal. Nice. unique is you know, so it's like I got to pay attention to what's really, you know, working for me. Yeah. You know, people might love the Q Unique stuff, but like I said, I, I can't even headline a tour as Q Unique. Can't happen. That's can't happen. It's bizarre to me, too. Yeah, and the numbers, like, if I look at streams and things like that, it doesn't match. So I was it like, doesn't. all these people are listening, but I can't do, I can't do that. That's that weird... Where you don't I, know where the line of truth is. Right. You don't know. I don't know. And it's just like how it's like between the different cultures, it's weird. You feel like metal and hardcore and stuff like that, and then you go into hip hop, it's like a completely different world. But then if you really boil it down, it's all street shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it's just odd how that how that works like that. It's very weird and if it gets figured out, that'd be great. I don't know. So I, get, I think something will give, and, and we'll figure it out. Yeah. I, I, I'm already thinking about a new Q Unique album, so at least at least Dope. that at least that's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll see. I'm sure you have do you have shit written for it already. Whatever. You probably know. I leaked. It's funny because oh, I did a leak thing. I, <laughs> I did a live feed, <laughs> and somebody was smart enough to say, uh, "What didn't make the mechanic?" Uh, and I was like, "Oh well, yeah." I played, I have like this, uh, I think you would like it because you're a horror guy. I did a, a zombie, uh, like I did this story of how I was like, you know, almost like a Walking Dead-ish type of uh, song. Okay. And uh, the, the dudes I was listening like, please can I have that? Please can I have that? <laughs> no, man, I'm sorry. Nah, that's in the top for another day. That's awesome. When did, so in be, what was it? In between, what was it? In between... Between Heaven and Hell and Stillwell is when you did the features on the Ill Bill DJ Mug record. Yes. Is my timeline mm-hmm. correct on that? Yeah. Yep. That dude, was fun. Dude, I don't care what anybody says. That DJ Muggs versus Ill Bill Kill Devil Hills record is, me personally, it's my top five hip-hop records ever. It's a good record. Dude. The record. The stuff that Bill says in that album. It's like it's in constant rotation still. I wish we would have I wish it's ridiculous. I wish either they would have toured with it or we would have toured with it. I would I, I would have definitely Oh my god, dude. It's kinda tough. When when you're working with somebody like a mugs or a fieldy or you know, when you're working with somebody that has a little more status than you, it's hard to get them to work to your schedule. Sure. Oh, absolutely. They have, they're busy. Yeah, they have they much got, more going on. Yeah. So, so it's, that's the challenge of, of, uh, of dealing with, you know, I mean, it's fun. Like, I, I, there's, I, I, there's another song that me and Bill did for Muggs. He's just, it's on his hard drive. <laughs> really? From those sessions? From way back Man, then? I'll put it to you like this. Is it from the Kill Devil Hill sessions? No, oh, it was after. new. Okay. It was new. And before that, there was a song. It was me, Necro, and uh, Jackin. Okay. Sitting on his hard drive. <laughs> Yo, that, that's when you know that you, you got shit going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you're busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it is what it is, you That's know? crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, Muggs fucking released that shit. I don't, think, I don't think we'll ever hear them, but it was, it's still cool. I mean, even between me and Bill, like, it's still cool to know that, you know, we get to, to experience these things. Yeah. I, I never get disappointed. I'm like, like that's cool. Yeah. I, I got a song on my hard drive. It's me, Ryman, and Jonathan. Davis singing. Really? Yeah. And he produced it. Why is that thing sitting just in your heart? Just, just, just so you can say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you could annoy yeah. people. Matter of fact, to like, take it even further, oh my God. there's like, I think there's like 
four more songs like that because there was a week or two weeks where when I was on tour with them that me and Jonathan would stay up late. He had like this big console on the bus. He'd give me the mic, he'd write a rhyme, he'd it, he'd sing the chorus, and he'd sing it. So there's like four or five songs like that on his. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's annoying. Yeah. That's annoying. Yeah. I think that's annoying me more than no videos of Black Hawkey, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. Damn, man. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it was, uh, it's fun. It's fun to, to experience these things. It's like building blocks. Some things you, uh, you get to exposed to the world and something like the song that I did with Ray Kwan that's on the mixtape Cup of Tea I didn't think that was going to see the light of day and even when it got the chance to go public it it was almost like it it still went over everybody's heads it was like for me the experience was nuts of course because here I am he's rhyming on my beat that I produced I'm the engineer I'm recording him I'm in the room with him and it's like yeah it's Ray Kwan yeah it's Ray Kwan but at the end of the day it didn't didn't grab much attention, which is cool. It is what it is. But the experience, the experience was cool. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm on Tony. I'm on like I think I'm on like two or three Tony Touch records, and one of them, it's me, Tony Touch, and Pitbull. Oh my God! <laughs> really? Yeah. So when booking agents don't book me, I'm like, huh? Yeah, really? <laughs> what, what else you want me to do, man? Yeah. I'm with Pitbull and Tony Touch. <laughs> yeah. So. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, man. I used to... Before that, look, you were asking me earlier, it was like, when did this all start? In in, in, In the most craziest, surreal thing about all of this is the person that started my career professionally was yeah. crazy like it's rock steady so right. that, that in itself is nuts that yeah. doesn't even make sense this is the guy from Beach Street Wild Style face of breaking you know. is he still in New York? yeah okay he took me under his wing got me my first two record deals okay just exposed me to this world in a more serious, professional way. And in the middle of my career was the one that turned to me and said, you should do rock music. Him. He's the one that started that. Crazy Legs. Because he knew, he knows me, so he knows where, where my heart is. Right. So he was just like, this was, and this, the way that started. What year is this about? This is 2000 and. Okay. Vengeance is mine is out. And MySpace was big. And he said, Yo, man, you you love rock. Why don't you give it a shot? Yeah. Do it. And I and I was nervous about. I was like, I don't. I don't even. Of course. I don't don't even know where to begin. He was like, Go on MySpace, put up the ad, say I'm looking for a band. He was right. I was flooded. Flooded guitar players, drummers, and I found a band in Long Island called Unsound. Okay. I went to meet up with them, and I brought them on the band's warp tour with me in 2005. And the response was night and day. Like when I did it as Q Unique, it was cool, but when I did it with the band, it was like. Really? But it was the warp tour, so yeah. it, it was a smart move. Sure. And that's what started the whole like. It starts with him, and actually, the three people that are really responsible for the, for the first start of it is Crazy Legs, Caves from Lords of Brooklyn, yeah, and uh, this this the the girl that was running the hip hop tent at Vans Warped Tour. Her name is her name is Adverse. Okay, they all gave me the opportunity, to, and I also got to give it up to Madball and H Two, Toby, uh, Hoya, because they were there. While I was doing all of this, right. I just met them. Yeah, and again, they were allowing me to be this fly on the wall to watch their process. Right, which is a dope fucking opportunity to have. Yeah. So I'm, I, you know, I'm getting to see how. This is when they did Hazen Street, so okay. I'm getting to see how they're doing all of this, and. And then, lo and behold, this is this is how the universe works. This yeah. is why, this, to me, I believe in a, a, a supreme being right. because this happens, and yeah. all of a sudden, I get the call: Hey, would you work with Fieldy from Corn during this beginning? Right. Sure. Yeah. Why? And then changes my whole life. It's just my, I'm going here, and I'm thinking. 
at some point, I'm going to be Mr. Big Rap Guy, and all of a sudden it goes... Right. And now your hair is down, and you're fucking... And you're singing like a songbird up on stage. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's a completely different path. I actually went to... um, was singing coach for... was it six months or six weeks? It's, it's been it's been a couple of years now. Um, I went to the Opera House on 30th Street. Ray Luzier from Corn and Catfish, who works for who works with Ray Luzier in Corn, they were the ones that were looking at everything that I was doing. And because Ray and Catfish are classically trained, mm-hmm. they were like, "You're doing this for real, like for real, for real. Like your opportunities are coming. You're on stage. You should seriously go with a vocal coach and." Learn what, what it is that you're doing. You know? Yeah, this is not a joke. Did you ever realize that you have potential like, to actually sing? Because you can sing your ass. It was Fieldy that said it. Really? Know. Yeah. He was the one that we we were working when we first started. Still, I thought it was going to be rap or some sort of weird morphed mashup rap thing. Right. That's what I thought it was going to be. And then uh, he. Uh, we, we did something where he played like this riff and I uh, I took it home and I took a shot and I sang over it just, just sang over just, it just for, just for fucking yeah. and when I brought it back to him Fieldy's a guy he's like a Vulcan he doesn't show emotion he heard it he's like a bot yeah he's, he's weird, a bot like in that sense okay. so when he heard it his, his way of reacting, he paces. So he's listening to it, and he starts pacing the room, and he goes, you're not a rapper, you're a singer. You're a singer, man. You need to sing. And that's what started. Really? Of course, if somebody like him is giving me the confidence, yeah, like, okay. Yeah. Now, for, you know, obviously starting out, it was rough, you know, because I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. Right. You know, so I was... In it's brand new territory yeah. for you, bro. So, so I'm not. I, I, I understand. You, if, if you got it, then there would be something wrong with you. Right. You know what I mean? So of course. I had to figure it out. Yeah. So that first Thrill album to me is a learning process. It's a rough album. <clears throat> you know, the first tour we did was an arena tour, so and which is just batshit crazy yeah. in and of itself. And the funny story about that was, I, I knew it was a big tour, and I called Field and I was like, listen. This is a very big tour. With all your connect, why don't you get us a little bar in LA? Don't announce it. Let's just go up. Let's warm up. Let me let me get used to this vibe of this is different. This is not spitting anymore. Right. Like, I gotta sing. Yeah. So why don't you do that? He goes, Nah, dude, you'll be all right. <laughs> of course, the guy who's on the, who, who who rocks millions of people all the time. Don't worry about it. You got it. And I didn't have it. The first couple of shows were a fiasco, but as, as time went on and people around us started giving their two cents, I made my adjustments, he made his adjustments, and we grew. So now, now I feel great doing it, but those first few shows were rough. Ruffity rough, bro. Where was the Where was the first one? Lubbock, Texas. Why would I remember that? Because well, because it's your first one, <laughs> and how many, in front of how many people? You oh, think thousands? Yeah, not even hundreds, thousands. Because Fieldy is Fieldy. He's in corn, so he was able to have them hold off on putting us on stage until the room was full. Oh, he, you know, he flexes okay. power. Yeah. So I'm walking. First of all, what's funny is is that. He switched from bass to guitar for that. Okay. We had a new bass player. Love was what was in his office. He don't care. Yeah. And I'm in front singing. So the first, the three guys in the front are scared. <laughs> Feel these scared because he's, he's never been in front of that many people playing guitar. Yeah. So that first show, we're statues. We're not moving. We're terrified. And terrified. And by the end of the set, it sounded like somebody was choking. Right. I was so I was I was shocked. Yeah. And slowly but surely, getting more used to it. And then it was uh, I think it was Tommy Vexed from Bad Wolves. Okay. That's a band. Band. Uh, Bad Wolves. Uh, he would, I think he was the one that suggested to Fieldy because Fieldy was on this thing about we got to play in standard tuning. It was his idea. I, 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 I didn't dig it. He was just trying to get away from corn sound so much. Yeah. He has, you know, thing about dignity. He didn't want to. 
he didn't want the two to sound together. Right. So I, I got that. But sure. standard, standard tuning is rough for me. So he, Tommy Vex, I think, suggested, hey, man, you got to, like, drop the tuning for Q. You know, like, it, it'll sound better. Yeah. I think it was him and somebody else. And we did it, and everything clicked. And we were able to coast yeah. for the rest of that tour. And then... Once King's Bounty came around and, and I was more used to it, and then I went to the vocal coach and everything just ties in. And now I'm, I'm comfortable. Now I'm at home with it. Yeah. You know? it, it's kind of it's like reminiscent of when I first started rapping. Like I was mentioning that show with uh, Mikey D back in the day. When I think about it, I was scared. I was terrified. I was terrified. I was on a boat of strangers. Yeah. I didn't know anybody in that crowd. You know, and I, and, and I was wearing an outfit that I bought from Chess Kings on 86th Street. Chess King. Nice. <laughs> Chess King. That's awesome. So I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't grasp fully what I was doing. But I got to spit in front of a bunch of strangers yeah. wearing some shit from Chess King. Some, some real goomba. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I'm not in front of Italian people. Right. So they're That's looking at me fucking like, amazing. Like, what is, this is my boy doing. Yeah. What is he wearing? Chess King shit. Chess King shit. Yeah. What up, son? This works in Bensonhurst. It does. That's hysterical. And at that time, coming, coming from Bensonhurst wasn't cool at that time. Right. Yeah. Not it was, hip-hop. No. There was a stigma. Yeah. There was a stigma back yeah. then. Not, not a few cool. things went down. Yeah. Not cool. No. So... There's a lot of things I had to maneuver through yeah. in order to <laughs> me and Sabak up, up from here. Right. So he's on Cali now, right? Sabak. Yeah. yeah. You, you know what? And what's interesting is my first hip hop, like one of my first early hip hop stories, includes him because he was a club promoter. When we were Sabak read from nonfiction. If you people are, don't know who we're talking about, he was a club promoter when we were in high school. Okay. And I just transferred from one school to another into Lafayette High School. And I caught one of his flyers, and I saw him, and I asked if I could hand out flyers. Just like that, because I, I, I just had a, a love for hip-hop, so I, yeah. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't care about money. I didn't even know him. Right. And he's like, yeah, sure. And I was handing out flyers. Like, it was like a show with Biz Marquee or something like that, or yeah. Greg Nice. And it was, it, was, it was dope. Yeah. It was dope. So, so me and Bill and Sabak were, were crossing paths like this, and we didn't know each other. Me and Bill were recording demos at the same spot in Hillside, Queens, called Dr. Death. Okay. So we were going like this. And this is late 80s. Right. But we didn't, but we didn't know each other. Really? So, yeah, our history is long, man. This is late 80s when he was still in Canarsie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I, that's right. I grew up in Canarsie. I went to go. South Shore High School. Like, like Gore-Tex and stuff. Like, I, I think he's a year or two older than me, but I remember because in, in the... Was it either 89... I think in 89, I moved out of Canarsie and moved to Howard Beach, which is another place, like Bensonhurst, Howard Beach. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. stigma. place, yeah, you can. Right. But it was like 89, I think, I left. And I remember Bill. I remember... I remember... Everyone knew him as Chunk. I remember, yeah, you know, yeah. Gore-Tex yeah, and Chunk. You know, all those guys. But, uh, yeah, I lived on 70, East 78 between Glenwood and Farragut, which is like a block and a half from the Glenwood Projects. Right. You know, I went to South Shore, so I remember all those guys. I didn't really hang out with them, but well, I remember, knew, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I knew yeah. who they were and, and all that stuff, so... Yeah, so it was around that time frame where you guys have basically yeah, was, crossed yeah, each other's you, so paths. You, you were seeing all of that too happen. You were there to, to, to witness right. the unfolding of it. Right. You know? And it, it was a great time, man. I, you know, to me personally, those are my favorite times as a kid because what I was seeing was magic. Right. That that was the first time. The second time I saw that magic is when I first saw the Arsenals before I was a member. It was magic. Right. It was magic. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy because that's that that I mean, yeah. I, I got turned on to hip hop obviously a couple of years before that, but there was like all like the graffiti stuff and around that time frame I was young, dude. You know, I was yeah, yeah. 13, 14 years yeah. old. So it's like I knew that. 
and who that Mitch wrote graffiti and yes. those other kids. It was like that kid who used to write B.E. and Tenor and all yes. these other kids. Tenor, yeah. wow. He produced, he produced uh, the 14 Years of Rap song. Yes, I know. Yeah. That's one of the big, biggest songs in my, in, in my catalog. Yeah. Mark, I got a quick, I got a quick funny story about that, about him. It was me, him, and I don't remember his real name, but he used to write PG, Pango, right? And it was me and Mark and him, and it was right across the street from the Glenwood Projects. There was, it was like Chicken Delight or Chicken Galore, one or, one or the other. And for like a week, like as little kids, that, that was like our job. Our job was like for a few dollars a day, we would walk around and we would hand out flyers for Chicken Galore. Serious? Swear to God. Yeah, it was like my first job ever. I was like 14 just to make like 10 bucks or whatever. Right across from the projects and us, us three would hang out. But what we would do, we would walk like four blocks away and throw them all in the sewer. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to walk door to door. I'm 14. I'm not, I'm not doing none of this. So it was me, Tenor, and that other kid. That was a long time ago, man. Shit, I'm talking almost 30 years ago, it seems like. It's bananas. It is. It's fucking nuts, bro. Yeah. Crazy. So where you headed, you said before you headed to Comic-Con. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, even with that, uh, a few years ago, I was asked to speak on a panel at Comic-Con. It was me. Really? DMC, uh, Young Guru from Jay-Z's camp. Okay. Kwame. Wow. All right. I think it was Riggs Morales, who works for Eminem. Uh, Edgardo, who was the guy that, that put the whole thing together. Yeah, and they were asking about how hip-hop and comic books have always had this relationship. And for me, it's one of those things, you know, you grow up and, and that's definitely uh, something that was, I don't know if it was important, it was just something that brought me joy. Yeah, sure. a comic book or, you know, a little action figure or something. So. Yeah. I don't hate on G.I. Joe he <laughs> I wish I still had all my shit. You kidding me? I just think that now when I go, it's overwhelming. Like, when you go now, that's why I told you earlier, this is probably the last time I'll do three days. I'll probably go for a day. It's just overwhelming. It's it's so much yeah. the brain. To, to, it's, I think it's, it's, a, it's a sensory overload, yeah, bro. I've never been to an actual New York Comic Con. It's crazy. And it's beyond comics now. It's like you go in and... Everybody's like got a booth, and, yeah, and you're like, "What does Hallmark got to do with comics?" <laughs> you're like, you know, yeah. so it's like it's getting to that point where you're like, "Okay, I'm gonna have to like, yeah, now I see where this is all going." Yeah, yeah. let me. And it's business, I get it. It right. is what it is. But to me, I'm 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 more of the in that scenario, I'm more of the purist. Where you know, I see, I think of myself as an artist. So when I see the you go down there's this aisle of new guys pushing out their new comic books. And I feel for them the most because right. that's, that's tough. Yeah, it's hard. Well, it's hell hard. It's yeah. hard to like buy this comic book that you never heard of the characters. And, you know, around the corner you got Spider-Man and all these big things, and, and this guy, this young kid, is trying to push his idea. And he's breaking his ass. And, and it's a lot of time. And it's and so expensive. expensive. Sure. It's so expensive. So, you know, I think that. Uh, yeah, this this is my year where, where I'll take these three days, absorb them. Actually, I might miss tomorrow, and I might have to give the pass to my son because he didn't have a Saturday pass because I'm shooting the video for I see. Gotcha. So I'm gonna have to be focused on that. And yeah, getting that done. That's 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 pretty. It's pretty important. Yeah, it's pretty important. <laughs> Get another video. Out yeah, exactly. For that unique trajectory oh, yeah. going on. You're right. Yeah. See, I've never been to an actual Comic Con, but I do try to go to horror conventions as much as I can. Yeah. My, my dad is a horror guy. He goes to Chiller Thriller. You, he goes to... See, Chiller is like... There's three of them, right? There's there's a New Jersey Horror Con, there's Monster Mania, and there's Chiller. Right. But Chiller lately has been doing a lot less and less horror people. Oh, they're just doing like the sci-fi old TV shows? Like Dude, Happy hon Days honestly, I don't care about a Love Boat reunion. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? It's so like, they're, they're tapping into the 70s, 80s. Yeah, which, which is cool because yeah. they're always packed and everything. But they'll, they'll throw a couple of horror people in. But like a couple of weeks ago, it was the seventh one that he did. It's the New Jersey Horror Con. And it used to be, it's two a year, but he, he used to do it at, I get all the hotels confused, but he was in Jersey, I think in like Woodbridge, New Jersey. And Hope 
Bar Sippany Hotel, something like that, whatever. But after the 6-1, he's doing something right because only at the six shows, he wound up doing it at the showboat in Atlantic City a couple of weeks ago. And a week before the convention itself, he signed the contract for the next one already. Dude. Honestly, I've been to a whole shitload, and, and and it was the first time that we actually got a hotel room in the hotel. We stay because it's all the way down in Atlantic City. I'm not going back and forth every day, so it's like I get out of work at 11:30 at night. So two Fridays, if I got out at 11:30, I picked up my daughter, and we shot right all the way there. We got there at like two o'clock in the morning, but it was beautiful though because there's no traffic. Quiet, yeah. Quiet. I get a parking spot in the parking lot, a valet. Beautiful. Walking around, it's like two o'clock in the morning, two thirty. We're like, I've never been here before. Let's go downstairs and see what the deal is. Right. And you never know who you're gonna see because mm-hmm. everybody's there, so there's no convention going on. So all the actors and everything, they're all hanging out in the hotel. Nice, right? So Tony Moran, who is he? He played, you know, in the original Halloween when Michael Myers gets shot. Yes. In the original, and you see his face. Well. Yeah. That face is Tony Moran. Okay. He's like my boy now. It's like he, he, he actually worked on the set itself, right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I have a little something coming out with him. I okay. Know. But um, it's like 2.30 in the morning. We're walking around, and he's hammered. And I look, and I look, and I point. I met him twice briefly before. Tony, hey, what's up? Oh, we're hanging out. Next thing, next thing you know, he's like, I introduced him to my daughter, and she had just turned nine years old. So... He's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know, what do you want to do? He's like, let's all go to the Hot Rock. So it's like me, my girlfriend, my daughter, and Michael Myers are walking through the Hot Rock Casino. He gives my daughter 50 bucks. He's like, everybody gives me money at these conventions, whatever. He gives her $50. He's like, here, pick a slot machine for your birthday. You know, and she pulled it. She wound up winning like 12 bucks, and he gave it to her happy birthday. Like, cool stuff like that, bro. But it's cool when you're at the hotel and, like, whatever happens afterwards like there was what happened was it was Saturday night it was bizarre like I looked at my girl I'm like how is this happening right now there's a place called Aces it's kind of like an Applebee's or whatever in the hotel Mm -hmm. and we're eating and then it turns out that I never seen an episode of my life, but the the principal from the show Saved by the Bell, oh yeah, Mr. Belding, yeah, 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 right. He rents the place to do karaoke, right? So I'm sitting. I there. saw you post pictures about it. That's right, dude. I'm sitting there. Next thing you know, I look over and Mr. Belding is singing Billy Joel karaoke. Right. Beautiful. So who walks in? Hammered again. Tony Moran, Michael Myers, right? So now, Tony has no idea who Mr. Belding even is. Yeah, He's yeah. Not, not even on his radar. So Mr. there's a girl singing, and Mr. Belding is standing next to her. And he's, like, clapping, like, to everybody, like, oh, yeah. Now, Tony isn't putting two and two together, and Tony thinks that Mr. Belding is trying to steal her shine. He gets mad. So, dude, he's like, yo, get away from her. Screaming across. Bro, next thing you know, Mr. Belding, he's like, he's like waving him over. So, Tony thinks that he's like, Michael Myers is like, oh, like, like you want some of me? Bro, he puts his drink down. He goes off like, yo, Mr. Belding is about to get cracked around by Michael Myers. Right? Which is nuts. A few minutes later, I look over who walks in, who's hammered also. Razor Ramon, Scott Hall walks in. He's hammered. He's like, I think we should get a big platter of food, my treat, we all eat. That's to me, crazy. my daughter. That's a crazy story, man. Crazy. And then, a few minutes later, who comes shuffling his nasty ass in? Ron Jeremy. Oh, so, like, Mr. Belding, Michael Myers, Razor Ramon, and Ron Jeremy, all in the same room. It was bananas. Bro. That's hilarious. I love it, bro. I'll never not get a fucking hotel room in New Jersey horror con. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of horror, I'm, I'm, and, I, and I'm gonna keep it short, because I'm sure you could go on for days. Oh, I can. Because I, I had to get I, that story I, out. I, I, I thought about it. I was like, Currently, I feel like I have a problem with the way Hollywood puts out horror movies. I do too. I think I think like they, they just released or recently released that movie, The Nun, and I was like, you just look at it, you know, yeah. they're fooling with this. Right. Like, I didn't see it. I wouldn't see it. It looks stupid. I think I think they're trying to make what's her name, Valak, the nun. Mm-hmm. I think they're trying to like make, make her adjacent, make her into like an iconic yeah. thing, but it's it's falling short. It's just that they're they're not they're not coming with it, man. No, they're not. I don't know what the problem is. I, I don't I don't know if it's Hollywood per se or it's just the people writing these things. 
that that come up with these just god yeah every other one is about a possession yeah, about someone's being possessed because people think that they're gonna somehow knock the exorcist out it's not it's not gonna happen it's never gonna happen you're not there's because the people that were involved with that were just so they were just too good yeah yeah, it's too good. You're dealing and, with freaking and and, and, and it, it, it's no, no. You're not touching that movie. No. So when when I see people attempt to like do that or, I think the only thing let me see. All right, first I have my top five okay. of all time. Okay, I don't know if it's in the right order, so I, I want to share this with you. That's fine. Mine switch also. Okay. So it's not in the right order. Right. Top five. It all depends on your mood. Black right. Christmas. Okay. Old school. I think Lois Lane is in that. I just think that the acting yeah. is just, it's enough to give you this feeling, yeah. like without even watching the killing scenes, that you're like, Ugh. yeah, this makes me feel. Okay. Exorcist, of course. Uh huh. Evil Dead. Okay. I didn't really make sure. 28, 28 days later. That's part one, right? Yes. 28 days. Or weeks. Days later is first. That's that one. And the original uh, Dawn of the Dead. The original. Okay. Those are my top five right now. It'll switch. Okay. As if I think about it. All right. I, no, no, sure. no original Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I don't know why. It that doesn't, will, it doesn't hook me like that. It's still creepy. It, I, it's I, not I, even bloody. No, I think, yes. It's gritty and disgusting, I, though. I think that when they sell, like when, it's like the Black Christmas. When you watch it, you get this weird yes, feeling. It makes you feel it's, weird. It's definitely one of the top sure. movies of all time. Shining. The Shining, dude. Yes. It's brilliant. Yeah, it is. Huh? It it's, is. It's so brilliant. It is. You, you know what? This is not top five, but I will say recent, it yeah. was good. The remake of it, yeah. it was good. Absolutely. I Me too. I enjoyed it. I, I, I'll be as bold to say that I like it even better than the original. Yeah. I well, do. because they were able to do things that you couldn't do with the original. Right. You know, so, but but that's definitely, and, and I think that the Halloween remakes are good. I think Rob Zombie did a good job. I think so too. People shit on them, and I I, I, uh, I love them. And you, you ever heard the story where he called John, John Carpenter yes. to get his, like, blessing? Uh-huh. John was like, whatever. Whatever. You don't care. He's John Carpenter. He doesn't validate himself. He do whatever you want. Yeah. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch came out. You think I care what you're going to do now? Exactly. Yeah. It's terrible. But, the, the, but yeah, because, and, and I mentioned Black Christmas because I kind of, like, forgot about it. And they... they it's on it, Netflix or something now. play it all the time on Showtime. Really? It's like on, like... I think it's on Netflix or, or, like, Amazon Prime right now. And or something I sat, like that and I'm like, all right, I'm older now. Let me watch this. And I'm watching it. And it holds up. It's like, this still gives me a bad It holds up, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> it definitely still holds up. That's so funny. Yeah, so yeah, so you should you should release that song that you said these sounds sounds like a walking dead song. Yeah, I, I definitely will I, I gotta see what the next album's gonna be like because I know I know that I have to kinda like when I did Black Coffee, it was a conscious decision to change a lot of what people were used to hearing from me. It was definitely de- definitely sounded different. Yeah. And the mechanic kinda like splits it. Mm-hmm. It's like you kinda remember this, but this you don't. Right. And I think I have to go back to a place of time to change again and kind of like throw people for a loop. I just, I just, I got to be smart with it. Like, I'm not going to do a trap song or anything, but I just have to. Thank you. I wouldn't, you know, I just wouldn't. And even if I did, it's like when I did the song with Pitbull, like when you listen to it, it's not a beat that you would expect me to be on. Right. But I was me. I was me on it. Right. That's what, uh, that's what makes it a, a smart move um, um, you know as far as what I was doing at that time so but at the end of the day I, I have to think about what would separate this album from the rest I can't just keep on feeding people the same thing it, it becomes predictable and yeah. we were talking about attention spans what, ha- what ends up happening is they might enjoy it but they'll forget it quicker because sure. like I'm used to that yeah. it's cool but so Let's see what happens. Right now, King's Bounty is in, in the front of everything uh, with negotiations, and I'll let you know through, uh, yeah. through text 
what who we signed with and what it is. I can't say it yet, but right. we're still in the middle of everything. I got you. It's finally been hooked, so it, it feels good, man. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. And Dijon is, like, ecstatic. He's, like, ready to go. That's good. Mike's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. So... Howie's, Howie's managing you now. Howie and Vaughn Lewis. Okay. So um, that's been the blessing. Yeah. Shout out to Howie Abrams because listen to me, you head Jew in charge. <laughs> me, me, you, and Bill need to fucking finally get up and do one of these damn things. It's going to be like blizzard season again. That's when we were supposed to do it last year. All right? <laughs> Love you, Howie. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's been the blessing in disguise of all of this because, like I said, we're too unique. I don't have that kind of, like, system. So to have a system like that where guys that have um, been move makers in, in the rock industry have actually, like, looked at what we're doing and take it seriously, it's like, that's a blessing, man. Yeah. You can't, you know, you don't, I, I don't take that for granted at all. Nah, absolutely not. Man. So, it, you know, I'm ready to roll, man. It's, 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 uh, it's definitely a game changer, man. It's exciting. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Good shit. Thank you. We're, uh, yeah, very cool. Where can people find you, all this stuff, and okay, the so, whole deal? Yeah, so. Spill it all out there. Where they can buy your stuff, yeah. everything. <laughs> your limited vinyl, all of that. <laughs> so you could go to uh, q-unique.com, U-N-I-Q-U-E.com. You can see everything there as far as that. There's also kingsbountyband.com for King's Bounty. Um, if, yeah, everything's on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Google. It, it's all there. Right. You just put it in the search. It's all there. Or you could just go to those two websites, and, and, I, and I, we set it up where you could just click certain tabs, and it'll take you straight to what, what it is that you want to hear or check out. So it's all there, those right. two websites. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram as well. So, But go to those two headquarters right there, and it'll lead you to everything else. Yeah. Right. Mr. Was it Mr. Q Unique? On Mr. You? Underscore Q Underscore Unique for Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Did you chose? Did, did you choose the underscores? Yes. You did. You chose them. It's annoying, isn't it? Oh, the underscores are the worst. <laughs> I hate underscores. <laughs> I think that's what kept me from getting my blue check. Is it? <laughs> I think so. Oh yeah, oh, underscore. Oh yeah, underscores. I don't know nice. what the blue check means. It doesn't put me on it tour, mean, so I don't no, care. it means you're verified or yeah, whatever. It's, it's, it's a, you're really you. It's 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 stupid. I don't know what it is. I don't care. Yeah. You want to you want to close out with a song? Uh, let me see. Let's put. Um, can we do two? Can we do a King's Bounty and a Q Unique? Whatever you want to do. Right, so yeah. So let's put a Q Unique, uh, Cold Leader and Capital that I mentioned. And Both mechanic. Yes. And let's put a King's Bounty. Um, made you king. You got it. And that's it. Awesome. My man. Thank you, man. Good to see you, man. Fun, man. Absolutely, yeah. Until we sit, we bullshit and have avocado toast. <laughs> <laughs> We're over here now. Let's start with some tough love, all right? Ready for this? Here goes. Naomi and Alabaster peak the week they drop masters of brutality Drop an ass of a man's families and assassin and man deceased Grandmaster of satanic beliefs Gather the eat where the savages and cannibals feast I'm back from the streets with two pistols for multiple issues Chrome in the fist, deadly omen, hoping I miss you Broken bones and opening tissue, feds blowing the whistle So I'm controlling the drone and throwing a missile Know the future glowing the crystal, the truth is shown, picture perfect Don't be the victim or a missing person Anybody wanna go to heaven but nobody wanna die Holding the shot, it's kind of obby, the bottom line I got a rotten mind and stand suspected Like Russ Cole, a true detective A future lesson of why you shoot your weapon with brute aggression Move the heavens with blue obsession Jesse Bigman, I lose it in a mood depression Yeah, bitch! Tight, 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 yeah! Dig up, I'm in the Empire Get money, do drugs, shoot guns, put a barrel up in the hua cunt. 
shoot the camera up in the who is my for hustler If I lose bread, you lose the blood The losers won and if you root, I use my Luger, son 40-watt plasma rifle, dude, I'll shoot the sun Fight through a life of strife, looking at night fiends Got me pushing way through Brooklyn like I'm concrete Purple tape rap, it's only built for Cubans and shooters To frick the rulers, reflected through the squint of a jeweler Squint the eyes like dirty happy with the burner handy Word to handy, bitches suck on my dick like squirting candy They thirsty for cream filling, my team of villains to put a beam on your bean until your thoughts and dreams are spilling Co-leader of capital, De Niro and Pesci Genius evildoers making the hero look messy Say my name Say my name Capital Goddamn right I am not in danger I am the danger Virtual crown for your virtual 